Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. Oh, man, is it good to be in God's presence this morning? Oh, well, just in case you might be visiting with us today, I just want to let you know what we're all about. We're all about Jesus. We're all about Jesus. Can anybody yell the name of Jesus? Jesus! You know, I think that just makes his heart smile. To know that we are about him and his kingdom and what he's up to. You see, today we don't have Jesus physically with us, but we have his spirit. That's called the Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit comes and not only ministers to us, but empowers us to live this life that he's called us to, followers of Jesus. In a world that is increasingly getting darker, and when the challenges of life continue to even become greater in our lives, that the power of Jesus, though, the Holy Spirit in us, can allow us to walk with courage and allow us to walk in the face of darkness and not be taken out. Isn't that good news? He gives us freedom. He gives us peace. He gives us hope. Well, Pastor Kevin is not with us today. He's down in Nashua doing an assessment on a four-square church. I'm not too sure if you knew this, but Pastor Kevin is uh, our divisional superintendent in this area, and so one of his duties is to uh, help uh, local Foursquare churches, and so that's where he is today. Can, can I just give you one little bad joke for a moment? I, I, was, I was traveling here this morning, and I saw a little sign that it says, uh, what do al- whales eat? What do whales eat? Fish and ships. That is so bad, isn't it? Fish and ships. I don't know the last time I've seen a whale eat a uh, ship, but uh, I thought that was a that is so bad, but I don't even know why I bother sharing it with you. <laughs> don't share it with anybody else because I'll look at you as like, you are not funny. <laughs> well, you know what? We are in this series called Better Together, and we truly are better together. Just in case you're wondering, we truly are better together. Today, I'm going to be talking about what the Bible says about this, putting back the, the unity in community. See, God has assembled us for a purpose and a reason. We are not meant to just travel in here and experience God's presence and then go on our own merry way and not be connected in relationship with one another. He wants us to be better together, and his word tells us that. And today we're going to discover that. How many people um, have experienced this, that, that one job that you don't like to do But when somebody kind of comes alongside you and says, hey, I'll do it with you, how much better it is to do that job? I had one of those jobs this this summer. Um, I I have a 1790s house with a barn attached to it. Actually, the interesting thing about this barn, I live in the town of Gilmington. This barn was actually the used for the very first church service in Gilmington, uh, my barn on my property. And well, when I moved to this house, uh, I think four years ago now, um, I moved everything out of my existing house into this barn. And strangely enough, there are things that I still haven't touched after four years. You know how that is. So this summer, I was determined I'm going to clean out this barn. Well, um, 
it's, it was on my to-do list. And my wife tells me, she goes, uh, uh, Mark, I'm, I'm going away on a conference. I think you and the kids would really enjoy cleaning up this barn while I'm gone. Yeah, that was a good setup by her. Well, you know, sure enough, uh, she was right. And actually, my kids and I, we tackled this barn. You know, I've been putting it off for all these years, but when I knew that I had people to come along and help me, it was, we were able to get through it together. So the barn got cleaned. And not only is it the bad things in life that we, we get to experience when we have somebody come alongside of us, it's so much better that the reality is we're so much stronger when we come together, the Bible tells us that we can accomplish some very, very significant things when we're in unity. Sometimes good and sometimes not so good. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. I would really encourage you guys to bring your Bibles to church. If you don't have one, we can find a way to get one for you. But the reason being is, at least for me, when I go through God's word and and something sticks out to me, I like to underline it because it's so good to be able to go back to these scriptures and reflect on them and maybe make some notes in your Bible. This is an account of the Tower of Babel. This is after the flood. And Nimrod, who is Noah's great-grandson, builds this big tower. This tower is actually 300 feet tall, which back in the day is a pretty impressive structure. So think about this. It is the same size of the Statue of Liberty. You take a football field and turn it on its end, and it's the same size as a football field. And what they did is, is they, they built this tower and then God has a problem with it because he says, you know what? You're doing this because of you. You're doing this because you want to na- make a name for yourself. And we read this in Genesis chapter 11. Verse 6, it says, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will be able to do. And nothing that they propose to do now will be impossible for them. You see, God designed us to work in unity. But the key here is whether we're doing it for God or for us. God understood that these people could accomplish almost anything because of their unity. But because they were doing it for themselves... God said, wait a second, I I can't keep having this go on. And so he confused their language. And so they no longer could be in unity to accomplish building of this tower. Imagine what could take place if we're in unity following his spirit, following Jesus and what he's doing, what we can accomplish for him and his kingdom. Turn to your Bibles into Deuteronomy chapter 23. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
says this. If they were wise, they would understand this. So basically saying the wise people do get this. They would discern that the latter end. How could one have chased a thousand and two have put 10,000 to flight? See, there's something about when we connect with another person. He's saying, well, in one, it only sends to flight 1,000. And here's the interesting thing. This is actually a song of Moses. Moses is writing a song. And here's Moses before he goes into, well, actually, he doesn't get in to go into the promised land. Joshua does. But after 40 years, he's probably recounting a lot of the things of the things that he's learned. And he's saying, you know what? We're going to be going into a land that is, is filled with an enemy. But he's saying, if we understand this principle, if we understand, if we're wise to understand this, he's saying, see, if you try to do it alone, you'll have marginal success. But if you do it with somebody else, the multiplication effect happens incredibly. See, two are better than one, but a group of us, collectively in unity, my word, what could we accomplish? What could we accomplish? Let's turn over to the New Testament now, into Philippians. The book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. This is one of his letters that he wrote while he was in prison. He wrote four letters while in prison. This is probably the last letter that he had written in prison. Philippians 1.27. Take a moment to flip there. Philippians is in the New Testament. Chapter 1, verse 27. It says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So so let me back up before I read this any further. So the Philippian church was a church that probably gave the most financial or material support to Paul while he was in prison. So really this letter is a thank you letter from Paul to the Philippian church. But he's giving some instruction to them as well in this letter. He has a fondness to this church and he says this, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The question for us today, is your life focused on Jesus? Is your life worthy of this calling? And I would say every single life here in this room is worthy of this calling. But he says, make sure it is. In other words, how are you living your life? Is it worthy of the calling? Every single one of us in this room are called. And he wants you to be worthy of that. So in other words, he's saying, inspect your life. Just make sure it's worthy of the calling. But that's where we need to be orienting ourselves. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of... You, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Let's look at what he's saying here. He goes, 
The way that you're going to live worthy of this calling is that we need to be in unity with one mind, with one spirit, with one purpose, which is our orientation needs to be the furthering of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, gospel means good news. We just were singing to Jesus because we know what Jesus has done in our life. It brings good news. He's brought good news to us, and and we received it, and now our life is forever changed. You see, but he's saying, this is where I need you to have the one focus. We need to be focusing towards the gospel. Now, it's great to have fun on some other things, gather people together for for fun, you know, the Patriots are playing to get today. Yeah. Oh, no, I know it's fun. It's fun to enjoy these things that God has given us to enjoy. But where our focus starts to come off of the things which is onto Jesus and his gospel and his way, we need to come around together in one spirit, in unity. We need to put the unity back in community. So how do we do this? How do we stand firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel? It really has to do with what are we oriented to? You see, back in the the Old Testament in Genesis, the Tower of Babel, they basically said, hey, we're going to make a name for ourselves. Some theologians believe that this was not the original time where there were It was only one language on the earth, and this is where all the other languages came. I think it was really a place where there was one language, and they had that one language to accomplish some exceedingly great things in the natural, but God was saying, you're putting your focus on the wrong thing. You're trying to create a name for yourself when you should be creating a name for me, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. So it has to do with where is our focus. I'm so excited about this series that we're going to be starting here in two Sundays from now. Called Awakening. We're, we're, we're titling it Awakening. Coming alive to your calling. You see, I believe if we all get on this same page, if we all put our focus on Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to move us, that we would become in one spirit with one mind. What could we accomplish together for the kingdom of God? Imagine if just because people had one language and one focus, they could create this incredible structure. Imagine what we could do for the kingdom of God. When we came together, all of our locations coming together with one purpose and one mind for one gospel. And just in case somebody's running it through a filter of, well, is this some strategy to grow Grace Capital Church? Oh, please, God help us if that's the case. We might as well pack it up and go home now. No, this is about Jesus and about his kingdom and his expression through this place called Grace Capital Church. But you see, God has assembled people who are the church, This building is not the church. The pastors are not the church. It's the people who are the church of Jesus Christ. 
And God is saying we're entering this season where he wants to do abundantly through abundantly more through us. And he wants to do some incredible things through you and me. But he wants to do it in unity. How many people want to be blessed by Jesus? You see, I think sometimes we, we've, we've taken these extremes of these churches who are just saying, oh, it's all about prosperity and a blessing. And, and in the reality, it is about prosperity and being blessed. But because we've been shied away by somehow some guys in fancy suits and, and you know, seemingly extreme things, we kind of like, well, well, wait a second, maybe we should back away from the, that language. But I would say, you know what? Maybe we need to redeem that language. Because the reality is God wants you blessed. He wants you to live in abundance. A full life. Jesus came that we have, might have life in the half. No, he says in the fall. And so much of the time, maybe we feel like we're just scraping by. But we shouldn't be. We should be living life in the full. So being you want to be blessed, I'm going to give you a little key to being blessed. It's actually, it's a commandment. You want to be blessed, turn to this scripture. If you don't have your Bibles, you're not going to be blessed. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But go home, write this down. Go home and find this scripture. Psalm 133. This is a song of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard of Aaron. Aaron was a priest. They would, the oil represents the anointing. You, you guys want to experience God in his fullness? Allow the Holy Spirit to draw us in unity and allow his anointing to rest on us. And oh my, watch out. Running down on the collar of his robes it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. You want a commanded blessing? Live in unity. Live with one mind, one heart, and one spirit. You want to not have God's blessing? Start being negative. Start just talking some negative stuff. Oh, you know what Susie did over there last week? You should have seen what she's done. Oh, you know, I can't, I can't believe, you, you know, they're going to be starting a small group study again, and I, I just don't like, it seems so formal. It's like a program. You want to be blessed? You see, our flesh sometimes gets in the way. I get it. It's so easy to start going, rah, 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 rah. it's easy. It's not very difficult, but it robs the blessing that God has for us. See, the reality is we're never going to agree with everything. You got a you crew this size right here. We're going to have some people say, hey, I think the Patriots should win today. And you've got some who will get stoned later who says the other team's going to win. 
It's just the nature of a group this size. But God has an order of things. And God wants to work through that order. And he wants to say, hey, you know who's the top dog? Who's the kingpin? Who's the big cheese? You want to know who it is? It's not me. It's Jesus. You see, if we all orient ourselves towards him and allow his spirit to flow through us, we then become having the mind of Christ and follow the leading of his spirit. And all of a sudden we're unified and we can accomplish incredible things for him and his kingdom. And when we come into this place of unity, we will be blessed and be a blessing. And be a blessing. I was talking to somebody a little bit earlier today and God's doing something inside of me. I don't know if he's doing something inside of you, but, but I have this anticipation that, that God is going to move in a, in a significant way. I don't even know what that's going to look like, but I, I'm, I'm feeling something getting ready to happen. The other thing is like, I, I'm, not, I'm not an evangelist. Like I, I can share, share Jesus with people here and I can share it with my friends. And, but you know, this whole idea of being in the street and knocking on doors, oh, that's just not me. And I know people have that gift for that, but I'll tell you what, I have this deep conviction and passion that's welling up inside of me. It's like, but there's no other answer of hope except for Jesus. Maybe I need to go start knocking on some doors. You see, our world is crumbling around us. Our neighborhoods are crumbling around us. It might look okay from the outside, but all you have to do is ask a few people, hey, what's going on in your life? And you'll see the hopelessness. And you'll see the desperation for some answer. And I'll tell you what, our world does not have answers. But Jesus does. The word of God does. And we need to come back to that place of saying, you know what? Yes, we've been saved. Yes, we found Jesus. And if you're here and you haven't found Jesus yet, I would say, talk to me at the end of service. I want to introduce you to him. Because you will not find the hope just by going to church. And you will not find the hope just in, you know, some cool Bible verse. You're going to find the hope in Jesus when you give your life to him. And then Jesus left this earth and he gave us his Holy Spirit. And he says, it's good that I go because I want my presence to be here with you, the church. But for us to accomplish the things that God, I believe, has in store for us, we got to come to this place of unity. We've got to come to this place of being of one mind, of one spirit, Let me get back to this awakening series. It's a seven-week series that is going to help unpack these things that are, I think, are fundamental to our Christian beliefs, not only our beliefs, but the way that we should live. The very first week, we're going to talk about how God's presence changes us. I so love that we, we so invited God's presence when we worshiped here today. Without God's presence... Oh my, I would just have some knowledge of of who he is, which is okay. But man, when you can feel that God loves us, when you can feel that God has favor on us, and we can feel his, his absolute delight in us, 
oh, you might as well just let me melt uh, like ice cream on a hot summer day. I mean, I just love being in his presence. But his presence just shouldn't be, that's where it stops. It then says, hey, how do we take the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and how do we get to that place where we then start living out our faith that our world begins, our communities, our schools, our workplace begin to see something different, not only in us, but we can begin to articulate this hope that we have in Jesus Christ. See, we can do this incredible thing if we're unified under one vision, and the vision is, where is the Holy Spirit leading us? Where is God leading us? And we rally around that collectively, and we say, we're going together. My hope is when we, in two weeks from now, when actually next Sunday, you're going to have an opportunity to sign up in a, to get into a life group. And we realize that the reason we want people in community is because there's something that happens when we get together. You see, you can go to church and you can leave and then just kind of do your thing. But I'll tell you what, the growth opportunity will not be there for you. Where we grow, and I've experienced this, I've been in, in life groups ever since I started coming to Grace. How many years ago has that been? 15 years. And my growth as a follower of Jesus has taken place the most by being in community. So we're going to have an opportunity to, for, for you to sign up and get into a life group. But you know what? We so believe in not making it difficult for people. This is also what we're going to be doing. We're going to say this. If you want to grow, by the way, how many people are interested in growing in their spiritual walk? Okay, for those of you who didn't raise your hand, I'm not too sure why you're at church, but, but I'm glad you're here anyways. I'm glad you're here anyways. Maybe you're just here for Richie and the worship. I, I do believe that may be some of the case here, because Richie, you do, it is amazing when you lead worship. But I do hope that we're all desiring to grow spiritually. And so we're going to make it really easy for people as well. All we're saying, if you're interested in growing then we're going to make it easy for it. Grow and gather. And the gather is grab a friend or two. And we will give you the DVD that's going to go along with this series and the books. And we say, just, just commit to meet one night a week or one afternoon, you and one or two people. And commit to grow for a season. We're not saying you need to go into any kind of like formalized thing. You got to be in this group. You got to be that. Now, I understand for some people, that's an easy way to get connected. But for others, you're just saying, you know what? I'm interested in, in growing. And I'll gather a few of my friends together. and We'll do this together. I so believe this is so important for the stage that we are in this church. I believe that God is wanting to get us ready to receive something from his spirit, what the new thing he wants to do. But I think for us to do it, we first got to get into a place of unity. We all have to be in this, on the same page. One mind, one heart, one spirit. Because if we don't, then, then when the God tries to move, we're all going to be like, oh, 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 over here, over here, over here. And then we're, we're not going to be able to receive the blessing, the commanded blessing that we read in Psalm 133, 
When we walk in unity. When we walk in unity. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. See, we're going to put the unity back into community. We've talked about how community is so good and it's great to gather with people, but if we're not oriented, go back to Philippians, we got our orientation needs to be about the gospel and needs to be about Jesus. That's our focus. There's a connect card in a seat pocket in front of you. Would you just everyone grab that for a moment? And if somebody can just run one up to me, maybe one of the blue ones, it doesn't matter. Oh, we're still dealing with some red ones. Anybody have a blue connect card in your seat pocket? Oh, it doesn't matter, blue or red. I just want to make, I'll take a blue one too. I just, no, that's the wrong one. That's, I'll take a blue one though. I would, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, we got one. All right. Oh, perfect. Excellent. Thank you so much. No, that was the text to give. By the way, did you know that you can give on your phones now? It's kind of an easy way to be generous. I love that. Okay. I just want to make sure there's some lines over here. There is. Okay. On this connect card, you don't need to do this now. The front part. But I would ask you to do the back part. If you just take a moment and think about some people that you would love to journey with for seven weeks, maybe people in this church, maybe some friends, maybe some family, and say, you know what? I'm going to take seven weeks to grow and I'm going to gather a few people with me. I want you to write their names. Let me tell you a story. I, I've been journeying with a family for, oh, probably 10 years. This is a family that's been connected to my family through our kids. We've coached together, and, and uh, they've been to church on Christmas and Easter because we invite them, but not really regular in church at all. And I know the, the guy is like, he doesn't, He's very smart, so typically very intellectual people have a hard time understanding faith because it's a trust thing. It's believing in something you can't necessarily see. And his wife just got diagnosed with cancer, and I played basketball with him, and I, I, I was this past Tuesday, I said, so how you doing? He goes, well, and they were at church this past Sunday, and because you know, Mark, I, I think I'm, I'm finally ready to kind of check out this God thing. After 10 years, after 10 years, and, and why does it take a crisis for people to come to their knees? I'm not too sure. But, you know, for me, he doesn't know anything about God, and he doesn't know anything about the Bible, and I'm going to invite him to my house to go through this seven-week series called Awakening to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to journey with somebody to help them along this journey and introduce them to Jesus and begin to unpack what it means to be awakened spiritually and to understand that we're called and we've, God loves us and he has a purpose for us. So I'm going to write he and his wife on this card. I've got a couple other neighbors, and it's great to get together with your church friends, and I'm not saying you can't, but it's also great to say, you know, you know who those are, those people that would really benefit from just gathering together with you in your home. 
What you're going to do is you're going to take this card home. You're going to fill out the other side of it. Put it in your Bible or take it. I want you to bring this card back with you next week. I'm not sure if we're going to have the DVDs ready for you next week. But I know that uh, they will definitely be ready the following week. And our books are at the printers right now. And we're, if you turn in this card, we're going to give you a DVD and some books and say, go grow. Gather a few people and determine that you're going to grow in your relationship with God together. Now, some of you are going to say, hey, you know what? I just want to be connected to a, a regular life group, and, and, and that's fine too. Next week, we're going to have um, life group tables set up for the next two weeks so you can get connected. But the reason why I'm talking about life groups in this message is because I truly believe that when we come in alignment and unity, that we're going to travel together, all together, and saying, God, what are you saying? What, how do we join you? And then we all come on the same page. Look at what, look out. That's all I'm going to say, look out. Not only are we going to grow spiritually, but I, I truly believe that there's, there's going to be an ushering in of something. I was telling somebody else this morning, it's like, I can't really articulate how I'm feeling on the inside because I don't really know what it's going to look like, but I do know that I have this feeling inside that something's coming. I'm just saying, okay, how do we prepare us collectively to receive this something that's coming? When I say something, it's going to be good because it's going to be God. (laughs) And we sang about God's goodness. So, would you begin praying? Praying about being involved in community. Pray about being involved in a, in a group, whether it's an organized group or whether you're just going to say, hey, you know what, I'm just going to gather a friend of mine, another couple, another couple couples or what have you. I'm going to invite them over to my house once a week and we're going we're gonna to watch this DVD and we're going to go through this workbook together. Actually, is there, is there a screen uh, shot of our, of our workbook? I think there is. Could you just put that up for a moment? This is the book that our creative team graphically has created. It's at the printers right now. But we've taken the time to really prayerfully write up our own curriculum and write up our own study that's going to have weekly devotionals in it, daily devotionals in it. It's like a, an extended life group outline, but it's going to have some dig deeper sections in it where you can get into God's Word on your own and discover what God's going to be saying to you as we journey through these seven weeks. It's going to be a very powerful time. So here's the why. The why is because we want to receive everything that God has for us. We want to be blessed. The commanded blessing is found when we get together on the same page, when we get in unity. And that we know a principle, the way God designed us is if we get people collectively on the same page we can do an incredible amount of good. Tower of Babel, they did it for their own fleshy things. Way back then, build a 300-foot tower with just clay bricks, sun-dried clay bricks and asphalt really was what they used for mortar. How much more for those of us who are spirit-filled, following Jesus, can accomplish for his kingdom? How much more? How good and pleasant it is 
when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. One mind, one spirit, one heart, following Jesus, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, choosing to grow, choosing to be in unity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you first and foremost for your scripture that reveals your heart, your heart for unity, your heart to accomplish great things for you. God, we want to be a pleasing aroma to you, to dwell in unity. Father, help us to guard our thoughts and our minds and our, and our mouths that we would not get carried away with our conversations when we maybe have a different opinion. Or maybe we're not pleased with something and, and instead of going directly to the person who can do something about it, we allow our flesh to rise up and just talk it out with other people but not realizing that we're creating disunity. God, help us to be unified following you, Jesus. That's all we want to do is follow what your Holy Spirit is doing. Jesus, I'm so mindful. This is what you said. I only do what I see my Father in heaven doing. We would say the same thing. Our Father in heaven, what are you doing and how do we join you? We only want to do, Lord, what it is that you're doing. We want to be unified, though, in that, Lord. Father, I pray as this week, as they begin to pray over those names, that they would have the courage to say, hey, would you, would you come with me for seven weeks, for the seven-week journey? Let, let's explore who God is and, and what you've called us to for seven weeks. God, I thank you so much for your presence who is here with us. I thank you for this congregation who's taken time out of their week to come and worship you and hear from your word. God, I do pray for anyone that is struggling today that, Father, they would leave here today with hope. Actually, I just feel inspired at this moment. If everybody just rise to your feet for a second. I want the outside aisles to come into the inside. I want everybody to link hands, if you will. Everybody scoochie in. We were meant to be connected together. Feel those either really hot hands or really cold hands. If you're holding my hand right now, it would be cold. You know what they say about cold hands, though, warm heart. I don't know what they say about warm hands. I know it's not cold heart, but... You see, you feel flesh and blood. We were meant to be in unity. We were meant to be connected together. One heart, one mind, following one Jesus. Father, as our hands are, are, are connected, I need to connect to a hand here. God, I pray that we would all 
determine with great courage, chasing after you, God, saying yes to unity. We want your blessing in our lives, but ultimately, God, we want to be used to accomplish things for your kingdom. Use us, God, to be a blessing to others. If there's anybody here struggling today, Father, I pray even as they're touching somebody else's hand that it would be a release of freedom, wholeness, healing, peace. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a clap. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.